Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. Amen. I want to turn your attention to the book of Acts, chapter 3. And thank you, Calvary, for your hospitality. The, one of the managers at the hotel, when we came in last night, uh, he said, Mr. Brian. I said, yes, we're back again. And hopefully that's a good thing. <laughs> and he said, well, we're, we're ready for you. And I said, well, we're, we are ready and we're excited about what the Lord has for this day. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Peter and John going to the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man that was lame from his mother's womb was carried there. They laid daily at the door of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of those who entered into the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go in, asked to receive alms from them. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look at us. And he gave heed, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But that that I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And the people saw him walking and praising God. And they remembered that this was the man that begged for money, crippled at the beautiful gate. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at the thing that had happened to him. Lord, do that to us and fill us with wonder and amazement. Will you clap your hands to the Lord? Thank him for what he's done and for what he's about to do. I want to, for just a few moments, talk to you about the next dimension of this church and of your life and your ministry and your interaction with God because the Lord has opened a window, a season here for this local assembly. He has prepared us for months and months and even years for this moment And as we walk into this moment, we cannot expect that anything ever will be the same that it was. Not the way we do, not the way we expect, not the way we interact with one another or with God. Everything will change because we're walking into a new dimension, a new arena, if you please. Our text today Uh, opens the story of the lame man being raised up, one of the first miracles that the disciples accomplished as the New Testament church was unfolding there. And I want you to notice that Peter and John's goal was the hour of prayer, and it was the temple, or rather the entering into the temple. Today, our subject, a gate called good enough. Father, take me past it. And let me not be satisfied with the way things have gone. But let me be hungry and desperate for the way things will go. I want you to notice this crippled man. 
there at this beautiful gate represents not only an individual situation, but a generation of people on the outside of the temple complex, kept from the holy of holies, misunderstanding the purpose of the most holy place. This crippled man represents not only a generation of general people, but religious people close enough to God to be able to hear from him and yet never hearing from him. Close enough to have been touched by him, but never actually being touched or changed. I would venture to say that most churches in North America have gotten good at having church, but not real good at touching Jesus. I remember a praying mama singing one time at the beginning of testimony service, Touching Jesus is all that really matters. There your life will never be the same. I wonder today if there's that kind of hunger that said, I'm glad for the music and the worship team and their excellent presentation and anointing. I'm thankful for that, but I must touch him. I'm thankful for our leadership and their abilities and capabilities, but I must touch him and I must be changed. I'm glad for this building but I must touch Jesus and if you can't get it done here, just show me where you can because I'm going after him. I must touch him. I must be changed by him. Here we are as a generation sitting at a gate called good enough, crippled by fear, unbelief and traditions made by our own ease of comfort and understanding. That have kept us from the greater things of God. While Peter and John are going into the temple at the hour of prayer. Going into divine pursuing connection with God. An interesting fact that one scholar has cited of this particular time in history. And even the time of Jesus. The temple complex was beautiful. And it was one of the wonders of the world even at that time, but there was a piece of furniture that was missing from the complex. The Ark of the Covenant, they say, was not even sitting on or in the temple complex at that particular time. While the rabbis were still reciting, while the scribes were still writing, and the doctors of the law were still arguing and hanging about in the common places of the temple, the Ark was not even present on the complex. Now, that's staggering within itself, but more scary than that is, we've learned how to have church without God in the building. There are churches all over this country that have gone through the motions and God has not even been present because they have learned how to go through the motions and have settled on the outside of something that's close enough to being great but still haven't been changed by Jesus. Unfortunately, we're human. We get caught in the traps and we uh, tend to settle and be satisfied with, hey, at least I'm in the building. At least I'm here today. But God is not really interested with you just being here. He's interested in having a relationship with us. There's a big difference between being here and having a relationship with Jesus. There's a big difference between just being in the building and actually being changed and transformed by him. 
the holy place, the temple, in its original outline, blueprint, and prescription. The temple was built around the holy place. I'll even go so far as to say this because the Bible says it, so it would probably be helpful as a preacher to quote the Bible, right? God said, build me a place that I may dwell among my people. It's going to get quiet here, so just hang on. This building isn't even really about us. It's actually about him. Oh, oh. Now we're in trouble because we got people that fuck. It's too hot. It's too loud. It's too long. It's too Well, guess what, honey? I'm sorry it's that, but this isn't even about you. Yeah. Back in the beginning, uh, the patriarch Jacob goes to a place called Bethel, the gate of heaven, the house of God. And Jacob's like us. First thing you walk in, I want a handshake, I want greetings, and I want to be comfortable. That was Jacob. I'm at Bethel. I'm looking to be comfortable. And the first thing he did, because it was nighttime, was look for a pillow. Sort of perfect sleeper. He was interested immediately, interested in being comfortable. That's why the Bible says he sought a pillow. He sought to be comfortable but could find nothing but a stone. That was God's statement. If you're going to interact with me, don't expect to be comfortable. Because interacting with me is not about you being comfortable and at ease. There's angels going up and down the ladder there. And there's supernatural things that need to happen. That's why we've got to be stirred. We've got to be shaken. And we cannot get caught at a gate called good enough. Some of y'all are so close to an anointing that would profoundly alter your relationship with your family and your community. I'll tell you, there's prophets in this room. There's pastors in this room. There's preachers and intercessors that will tear the gates of hell wide open and turn this community upside down close enough to make a difference. But sitting at a gate called good enough and you've sat long enough. So God, let me walk in this building one more time and said I don't want you to preach I want you to prophesy and kick that gate open and believe mew me that God is about to unleash a generation I wish I could get somebody to shout to God for just a moment see the temple represents the structure and everything religious. That's why the Jews who were a religious people were enamored with the temple. Look at the building. Look at all of its grandeur and wonder. Because it represented what they stood for religiously. It's why the story of Peter and John and the disciples taking Jesus on the hill and saying, look at this wonderful complex. Look at what we have done. Jesus looks at it and says, there will not be one stone left of this place that I won't tear it up. I'm not impressed with the building. Why? Because they have forgotten why it was built. 
and nobody's going into the holy place. They're all sitting out at the beautiful gate. The beautiful gate became a hangout. It was one of the wonders of the world. It was a gift from a wealthy businessman uh, at the completion of the temple. Uh, They say it was about 40 foot wide, 70-something feet tall, and it had fine etched work in it. Beautiful. And uh, it, it was made of what they called Corinthian brass. It was cheap made, but if you polished it, it looked like gold. Huh. Yeah, that almost talks about some church folk, doesn't it? But we won't go there because there's nobody here like that. If you've polished it real good, it looked like gold in the noonday sun. It was a wonder of the world. And so people like to be caught hanging out there because it was a cool place to hang out. That's where you'd go to get your selfie and post it on Instagram and all that good stuff. Hanging with my peeps at the gate. Right? And... Uh, So people started a tradition that without even having to go further into the temple, you could hang out at the gate. Matter of fact, this is where many say that Jesus developed his uh, understandings and teaching when he said, when you pray, don't pray like the Pharisees who stand in places to be seen. Many historians say the Pharisees would stand by the gate because that's where everybody was hanging out and it became assumed by the general public, if you were at the gate, you must be religious. That's like standing in a garage and saying, I must be a Corvette. Because I'm in a church, therefore I must be Christian and I must have it all together. Y'all, we don't have it together. And we'll spend our whole life trying to get it right. But there's some things that God wants to do. And so we have adjusted our schedule, our expectations upon uh, this understanding that, well, I think this is all the farther I can go. I think we have tried so hard and it's never turned out. I think this is all there is to it. So we just call it a gate good enough. I mean, hey, we're on the temple complex. But when God built the temple complex, he built it for the Holy of Holies, the inter-sanctuary, the most holy place. And it's in the most holy place where the ark sat, where where the mercy seat was there, where the blood that was uh, sacrificed on the outer courts and the altar was brought in, accepted, and then Israel as a nation would hear from God and he would talk like a man to man, face to face there at the mercy seat. The whole temple complex. So if you're going to have this entire complex, even from the beginning of the temple design, all of the rabbis, all of the priests knew until you got into the Holy of Holies, everything else is just the common courts. It's the outside until you get in. Now, you could walk into what they called the common courts and you'd see the brazen laver there. You'd see the other beautiful pieces of furniture there. You would see the process of entering in and that's all wonderful. But as far as God was concerned, until you get into the Holy of Holies, it's all just a part of the process. I'm glad you can sing, preacher, but if you can't get me in the Holy of Holies, I'm at the wrong place. I'm glad you can preach sister but if you can't preach me into the holy of holies I'm at the wrong place I'm not hanging out here 
We've got to get over being comfortable with good enough being good enough. God wants our family to have revival. God wants our community to have revival. I feel a breakthrough fixing to happen here today. I feel somebody being shaken. I wish I could just get somebody. Just stand on your feet just a moment. Just shout to God and say, talk to me, Jesus. I'm going in. Outsiders. That's what the religious people represented. And they had been for quite some time outsiders. Comfortable. Hanging out on the periphery of miraculous. Hanging out on the edges of what could be great. Go all the way back to the book of Exodus. While Moses is in there with the priesthood and they're working it out and making their way in. The Bible said all of Israel sat at their home in their doorway and watched for him. Hey, let us know how it goes, Pastor Tom. If you need any help, call me. Y'all know you ain't going to come help. You're comfortable, right? Human nature. Just to read, if you need anything... I'll take care of you. And then she calls and you say, I would, but I, I got this thing. I got an appointment and I would. I'm comfortable. I'm caught up. And so I miss these divine moments because I'm caught up. That was Israel. That's the religious mindset. They're comfortable to watch from a distance. They have developed what we call a second-hand experience. Their shout is not their own. Their joy is not their own. Their strength is not their own. They get encouraged and inspired by the story of somebody else who made it in. I'm going to tell you something. I wasn't raised in church But I decided about three minutes in the presence of God. I'm glad for what those brothers and sisters got. But I'm going to get my own. I'm not going to sit in the outer courts and watch somebody else get healed. And watch somebody else be filled with joy. And watch somebody else shout and worship while I sit on the outside and call it good enough. Ain't going to happen here. I'm not sitting here while churches everywhere else in the world start breaking into end time revival. And let Calvary just flutter off into a little old nothing and call it a gate called good enough. It ain't happening. I'm getting in I'm moving on into the greater things of God. And I'll do whatever. Shake somebody next to you. Tell them, I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever it takes. A gate called good enough. We sit out in the common courts. Man, it looks great what's happened in uh, Ethiopia. It looks great what's happened in the Philippines. looks great what's happening in India. Well, listen, just in case you don't know, we're not in India. Hello? We're right here in the good old USA. And we need revival. And our community needs healing. And we got families that need deliverance and healing and salvation. And what God has said that he has planned to do with Calvary starting this year. 
is taking Calvary from just a location and a situation that is wonderful. And God says, I'm thankful for that. However, I'm ready to move beyond what has been established on this complex. And I'm ready to start moving into influential areas. And I am going to use the ministry of this church to convince other churches and other church leaders. Y'all just think I'm talking and I ain't. I'm telling you this is how it's going to happen. Other church leaders will be affected by people who have gotten past the gate called good enough and asked, what do you mean by all of this? <laughs> I, I, I uh, said something like that a couple years ago in the, in the church. And they looked at me kind of like some of y'all are looking at me. Like, huh. And literally, during the altar service, uh, there comes this gentleman with two or three other people with him through the back door. And the pastor uh, grabs my attention. He said, hey, I want you to meet. This is Pastor So-and-so and his wife and family from such church across town. Well, I declare. Good to meet you. And so he asked him, standing right there, what made you? He said, our services were done. And we've driven by here several times, but something today said, go in. I've got something for you. Well, now, look at God. Can you imagine he figured all that out? Can you imagine? Brought them in. Why am I saying that? Because it happened. It's happened several times that I personally know of. So if God's talking that way, I know, in fact and indeed, he's working that way here. That's why he stirred things up. That's why he's just spent the last 12 months saying, I want them to be as uncomfortable as possible because I'm ready to take this church to the next level. I'm ready to take your family to the next level. I'm ready to take this community and your areas of influence to the next level. And you're caught at a gate called good enough, still angry and won't forgive, still afraid and won't go boldly forward. Still passive when you should be proactive. Caught at a gate and called it good enough. Told yourself there won't be any healing for me. Told yourself there'll be no real forgiveness for me. I'm just going to have to fake it till I make it. Told yourself I don't have what she got. I don't have what he's got. Sitting at a gate called good enough. Represented by this crippled man who had made his life story. To hang out there and beg from stuff for other people. That was his schedule. Get carried to the gate and sit there and beg and whine and complain. But on a particular day, he saw Peter and John about to go past the gate. And so Peter says, hey, look at me for a second. So focus on this for just a moment. Because you're focused on all your stuff. Look at me. Because I'm I'm connected to something beyond this moment. And then he introduces him to a different value system. You think silver and gold is going to fix. You think one little blessing is going to fix. I'll tell you what's going to fix it. I have no silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to you. And he reaches out and he 
pulls him up on his feet and immediately his ankle bones are strengthened and he starts walking and guess where he goes? He goes through the gate because he understands that what I've been touched with, what I've been influenced by is not going to leave me out here in the outer courts. I'm going into the holy of holies and I'm going to get what these guys have got. Oh, I feel somebody wants that right now. I feel somebody hungry for what's next. Somebody shout to the Lord. Give me just a couple of minutes. Somebody give him praise. Oh, oh, I want it. pretty little sermon but couldn't cast a flea off a frog I don't need a pretty message I need my life rescued I need my life changed sweet little song brother I don't need a sweet song I need you to sing me in the courts of the king I need you to change me I have sat long enough at a gate and called it good enough. Y'all could walk out of this building today and say, I went to church. But some of y'all wouldn't be able to walk out and say, I have met the man. Because we've gotten so used to this, the habit of coming in the building. And God is not impressed with the habit of coming in the building. He's impressed with the ability to reach you and I and speak to us and change us and cause us and allow us to interact with him. That's impressive to God. I got four amens and a bunch of oh my's. Because it's not only convicting, it's awakening to us. How long are you going to call good enough good enough? Some of y'all, so some says you just need to tell your husband, hold my pocketbook, I'm fixing to shout all over this place. I have sat here long enough and worried about what, what might they think. I don't care what they think. I'm fixing to get past this gate. Well, they might think I'm super spiritual. Good. I'm just, I'm really an introvert, socially awkward, and really try to work past that. Still not working out good, but trying. And uh, when I got to church, I decided I'm just going to serve God. To the best, I knew what kind of heathen I was. My God, trouble. So I knew I needed to fast in a prayer schedule that was 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And this one sis in the church, bless her heart, Queen Gossip. And uh, she said to me, she did. She always, she always had the information about what was going on. Now, if you ask her what the Lord was saying... That's a different conversation. But she knew what was going on in the church. So she cornered me one time and said, you know, it's good sometimes for you to do what you do. But you're always walking around with your head in the cloud. Now, this is after I'd already heard her talking about me and other people that she had discouraged. And they left the church. And so it was kind of building up. And uh, you always walking around with your head in the cloud. And so I just kind of reached that moment like God did with Pharaoh in Egypt. I've had enough. And I said, well, sis, that's a, I, that you should tell me that is interesting. Because I was going to tell you 
Um, yeah, I'm walking around with my head in the cloud. You're walking around here with your head in the sand. So I'll tell you what, let's make a deal. I'll tell you what God's saying, and you keep me up on what hell's doing, and we'll get together once a week. I'm offended that you said that. Well, honey, you know what? If you'd have been where I've been and been come through what I've come through and see what I can understand, I ain't sitting out here on the outside while all these other people are getting a blessing and call it good enough. You ought to come on in with me. Oh. Aha. Hey, listen, I ain't going to do an altar call. You're just going to get up whenever you want to because there's some hunger in this house. And I'm not waiting for the moment, whatever. And I'm not being disrespectful to order here. I'm introducing divine order here. And I'm telling you, God wants to work right now. And he can if you let him. But you've got to get past a gate called good enough and say, today I'm drawing the line. I'm moving out of the common courts. I'm going to talk to the king. I'm going to touch the king. I'm going to allow him to change me. I'm going to allow him to talk to me face to face. I'm going to get my... I'm telling somebody right now, your family's about to fall in a hundred pieces. And what could fix your family, sir, is what's just past the gate. What is just past your comfort zone. And if you step out of the seat and walk into this altar, God would deliver you of your past and heal your marriage and fix your children. I'm telling you right now, a gate called good enough is not good enough. Jesus told the story of two people praying. And Jesus said, there's a sinner, there's a publican, they're praying. And this sinner, the Bible said he stood a great way off. In rabbinical terms, means he was in the outer courts. And he beat himself and said, I am not worthy. Why 
while the other one standing right there, they say, at the beautiful gate said, I thank God I'm not like the rest of these heathen. I thank God I've come to church every Sunday for 500 years. I thank God I may not be involved in everything, but I'm here, ain't I? And this sinner said, I know what, what he's got. I'm just thankful that somehow you could have mercy on me. It was that generation that was lying there crippled who couldn't get up and move that John and Peter said, I want to take you into a next dimension because it's not good enough for you to be sitting on the outside when God is getting ready to do a whole new thing. Ah, somebody ought to get your shout back. Ah, somebody ought to get your prayer life back. Somebody ought to get your family back. Somebody ought to get your joy back. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm, I'm closing so if you want to move out just move out we are a generation fixed on titles identity you give us a title and somehow we feel like we're settled we've arrived not just in the church world but in the world people walk around with a title I was abused I was a drug addict I was born on this side of town. So they think that it's just titles identify them. You give them a title and they totally corrupt. They totally end up imprisoned. The religious system loves titles. That's why hell doesn't have to come and possess people. You just put titles on people when they get in church and they go crazy because they think they're identified by titles. Listen, my title was erased when Pilate ordered a sign above Messiah's head and it was written for me then. I need no title. You can call me whatever you want to. I'm getting into the courts of the king. I'm getting into the presence of God and nothing else matters. I don't care what the world thinks of about me. I don't care what time it is. A gate called good enough is not good enough. Right now, while the Spirit of the Lord is moving, you need deliverance, maybe from some habit, from some tormenting mindset. As quickly as you can, I want you to come up in this altar area. Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe you'd like to be filled with the power of the Spirit of the living God. He wants to fill you right now because the gate's not good enough. You've been sitting back. You've been feeling it. God said, I want you to experience it. That's all right. Just make your way. Step out of the way. Somebody else might want to come up here and connect with God. God sends an apostle. God sends a word from an emissary to this crippled man. And he reaches out for him and does for him what nobody else could do. I'm sure it was uncomfortable. I'm sure that it exposed a lot because he sat there for a long time ripping people off. I'm sure that it did a lot for him. And it exposed a lot of weaknesses. But by the time he made it to an upright position, 
He not only had been completely healed and able to walk, but he was heading in a divine direction. Now, please understand that while God is healing right now, he's not going to expose you and put you to shame. While God is forgiving your sins and whatever else is going on, he's not going to expose you to intimidate you or condemn you. He's going to raise you up and strengthen you and cause you to walk in heavenly places so that you can be filled with joy, so that you can be filled with strength, so that you can be filled with healing. While I'm talking right now, I literally can see angels from the presence of God sweeping back and forth above the sanctuary area. It lets me know that there's sense the ark of God is near. It lets me know they sense that somebody is about to enter into the holy of holies. I wonder right now if you'd get a hold of somebody next to you. I wonder if you'd lift up your voice, reach around and pray for somebody. And let's break the gate right now. (laughs) Yeah! Yeah, that's all right, buddy. Cry out to God. He's a rescuer. He's a healer. He's a fixer. That's all right, sis. Cry out to God. This isn't just a prayer meeting that's erupting right now, folks. Uh, This is a demonstration of God. He's getting us past a gate called good enough. It's time to rise up and claim it. That's it. There you go. God in the name of the Lord Jesus mighty God my strength and my shield here I have sat on the edge I've sat on the outside I've just looked from a distance today God I want to hold you I want to be changed by you I want my life to be rearranged by you All over this house, there's a prayer meeting erupting. I wonder if you would just just make sure, pray with somebody. If you're not already, turn to somebody and let the virtue of heaven just flow through you. You don't have to have preacher's words. You don't have to have right words. Just touch somebody and say, God, today, right now, whatever my brother or sister needs, take us past the gate, God. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, 
Thanks for listening.